Rewind it back to the days of chillaxing on the beach and all-day fun with Spring Break on DraftKings Casino. Play exclusive games like Fan Fave Rocket. The excitement is endless, the vibes are right, and the cash prizes could be huge. New players, start playing with just 5 bucks and get 100 back instantly in casino credits. Download the app and use code COLLEGEDRAFT to book your one-way ticket to fun with DraftKings Casino. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort in Kansas. 21-plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. You're listening to DraftKings Network. Pour yourself a cold one. They strike them, huh? And listen to Russ Tucker break down the top college prospects on another tasty edition of The College Draft. Yeah, it's Daddy Soda time here on the College Draft Podcast, presented always by DraftKings, of course. You know me, Ross Tucker, former NFL offensive lineman. If you don't, welcome to the show. I'm glad that you found us. This podcast is actually three shows in one. So, number one, first and foremost, we are an NFL Draft Podcast, right? So, we're telling you about the top prospects in college football all year round, and we're Almost wrapping up our series, today we'll get into the AFC South, where we actually talk about every draft choice for every team. You know why? Because we spend so much time previewing the draft, and then these teams draft these guys, and then we move on after one recap episode. Nope, not us. We're the place where you can hear about every guy your team drafted and their top undrafted free agent. And we also, by the way, during the season... We will preview the top college games every week. We'll make our bets against the spread as we talk about the top players. By we, I primarily mean he, and that is Emery Hunt. He's such a stud. I'm a huge, huge fan of his, have been for a long time. I've told the story before, but everywhere I went, he was there. Every Ivy League game I would call on a Friday night, Emery would be there. He'd be like, hey, what's up, Ross? How are you? At the college football coaches convention, He's like selling DVDs. He's down there. He's got the YouTube show. All these coaches know him. Uh, There is nobody in football, I guarantee it, that works as hard as Emory Hunt. Check him out at F-Ball Game Plan on Twitter. Definitely Football Game Plan on YouTube. And if you haven't already, get the draft guide, footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide. I promise you won't regret it. If you get the draft guide and you don't like it, talk to me. We'll figure out a way for me to reimburse you somehow in some way because you're not going to say that when you see how awesome it is. Footballgameplan.com slash 2023 draft guide. All right, Emery, we're diving into the AFC South today, which is interesting because there's a lot of draft picks in that division. We'll start with the Houston Texans. Now, remember – If you want to go back and hear what we said about the first-round picks, go for it. C.J. Stroud, Will Anderson. We talked about all the first-round picks. 
the day after the draft that Monday. And obviously, we had talked about those players a lot. I'm more interested in hearing about some of the day two and day three guys from Emory. So day two, they take Juice Scruggs, who I saw him play left tackle for Erie Cathedral Prep in high school. He played center for Penn State. And Tank Dell, the wide receiver from Houston in the third round, Emory. Yeah, Scruggs was my number three center. I liked Scruggs' tape. I thought he did a great job of you know being on the move and engaging with defensive linemen and making sure he's able to you know execute double team blocks and climb to the second level. I just thought he connected consistently. Um, and for me, when I'm watching offensive linemen, that's one of the things I look for: like how concise are you in your movement and how consistent are you in the accuracy of your target of hitting your target. He does a great job there. So I thought that was a home run pick for Houston and Tank Dell explosive as all outdoors quickly can separate and work himself open. You give him a wide field to work with, which is what he's going to have playing inside as a slot receiver. He's going to be someone that's going to be a, become a very good friend of CJ Stroud and what he's able to find uh, out there in the passing game. So I like his ability to get open quick consistently. So I thought the first two picks are really good ones. Then you get to some of the other guys they got, On day three, they usually like to have a bunch of draft picks. Dylan Horton, an edge guy from TCU. Henry, how do you say his name again? To'o What's that? To'o 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 the linebacker from Alabama. He was at Tennessee, right? Yeah. And then transferred. Then they took another center, Jarrett Patterson from Notre Dame. Uh, They took a wide receiver in the sixth round. A lot of people liked Emory. Uh, Xavier Hutchins from Iowa State. And then Brandon Hill, another pit guy. We talked about a bunch of pit guys last week when we talked about the AFCs. Your thoughts on their day three guys? Love day three for Houston, starting with Hutchison. Very good receiver. I thought he is someone that can be their X guy. He could be that that guy that can, you know, be out there on the perimeter and, and be a good vertical threat. I thought he was vastly underrated. Him going around six surprises is, is surprising to me. Dylan Horton, I posted a clip on Twitter about the hustle in that playoff game against Michigan, there were back-to-back plays where he chased down the quarterback. Oh, I saw that. I saw saw that, that, right? And then the next play, he goes and make the key stop on the fourth down play. That type of hustle, I want that guy on my team because he really could have taken that second play off based on how many yards he ran on the previous play. So I I think that's a good fit for them, gives them good depth. Patterson was another guy. Like I know some people didn't like his tape. He was my number three guard. I thought he was consistent. I thought he was excellent. So I think the, the Houston Texans did a great job on the interior of their offensive line with Scruggs and also Patterson. And Hill, good combination of skill set for him as a safety, good combo guy. Coming from that pit secondary, they had a really good secondary. Their secondary to me was like what I saw from Oregon State, guys that you know that can play football. And that's all at the end of the day you want to ask. Can you play football? I think Hill can do that. Any undrafted guys? Ollie Gate, you know how much you know how much I love Ollie Gate, man. We talked about them heavy hands that he puts on a defender on an offensive lineman. I think you have to go back and look at his tape um, in twenty twenty one, where he was playing more of a natural edge guy as opposed to what he played this past season at LSU. He was playing a little bit out of position, and so now you go in and put him out there and in in a role that he's comfortable with, and he's going to thrive. So they got a gem there, and I forgot to mention about uh, Henry Toto. When I talked to him at the combine, he spoke about why he went to Alabama because he could have came out and went to the league from Tennessee. 
but he wanted to go get coached by Saban. He wanted to get ready for the pros by going to a pro coach, and that's why he went to Alabama and was was able to start there as well. Well, it's interesting. I'm glad you uh, asked him that Um, because it's weird when a guy goes from Tennessee to Alabama. It's like, does he want to try to win a championship or what? What's like his logic there? Um, All right, let's get to the Indianapolis Colts. So in the first round, obviously they took Anthony Richardson. For those of you that don't listen or watch the show, youtube.com slash Ross Tucker NFL often. Last summer, Emory had Anthony Richardson as his number one guy. Last summer, Emory said Anthony Richardson was the best quarterback. Ends up going fourth overall. Nobody was saying that until recently. What about their day two guys? Emory, round two. They get a big corner in Julius Brents from corner uh, from uh, Kansas State. Round three, Josh Downs, the wide receiver, North Carolina. The Colts and the Lions aced the draft, in my opinion. So, obviously, you know they got my QB1 in Anthony Richardson. But you talk about Juju Brents, Julius Brents, and what he's able to do at Kansas State. Big-time fan of his press skills. Long, athletic, has that dog mentality, good ball skills. Did a good job against Quentin Johnson. Uh, in both games, you know, he was able to, to you know, obviously is going to be, you know, push and pull. He's going to win some. Johnson's going to win some. But you like how he competed. You like how he he's able to play the football. I thought they did a great job there. And he's going to be start, uh, starting from day one. Josh Downs, excellent guy that could win one-on-one with his quickness. Savvy route runner for a slot guy. He's going to also be, I think, on the receiving end of a lot of these deep rainbow throws, these deep, accurate rainbow throws by Anthony Richardson and find himself scoring a lot of touchdowns. I think he's going to, he landed in a great spot and his skill set meshes with what they needed. I think at the position, they got some big physical guys, but now they got a short shifty guy to go along with Isaiah McKenzie, but downs to me is your quintessential slot receiver. And that's going to work himself open quickly and find ways to, to have success. And Richardson is going to be able to find him. So I thought that was a great pick for them on day two. Round four, you can tell their GM, Chris Ballard likes the, the guys with the physical ability that might be a little bit raw. I took Blake Freeland, the tackle from BYU, and the D tackle from Northwestern. Not a chance in heck I'm going to try to pronounce his name. Double A, the guy that killed the combine. Tommy Adebore from Northwestern is the guy. He's so versatile, Ross. He can play across the front. He can also be a stand-up rusher if you want him to. Him as a three-tech with how quickly he gets off the football is going to be a problem something that they needed on defense. So I like him being a rotational pass rushing piece that they got in round four. Some people thought he was going to go in round one, but he's someone that, that is, I think is your ideal three tech. Love Freeland tape because, again, when you think about BYU, and I said this before, BYU had a great all-star game circuit. Every prospect I watched at, the all-star, at all the all-star games, all nine that I went to, BYU and Southern Miss, they stood out because those guys were prepared, ready to go. And when you go and study Freeland's tape, he is someone that can play really well and can step in right away and have some success. In round five, Daniel Scott, solid player safety, should help rotational lead behind Rodney Thomas, who they got last year from Yale. Darius Rush, I liked him more than Cam Smith. I think he's on that Richard Sherman trek. When you think about Rush and what he was able to do at South Carolina, former wide receiver turned corner, so you know he has great ball skills, which he showed down at the Senior Bowl. He had the best Senior Bowl week. I've ever seen from a cornerback because he was able to mirror match and turn a ball over in one-on-ones. And we know how difficult 
that drill is for DBs. He was able to lockstep with these, stay lockstep with these guys and make plays on the ball consistently. I think they have a great now one-two combination starting out there on the outside uh, in Rush and Julius Brents. Two press guys, long arms, length, height, ball skills. That's outstanding job by Indianapolis uh, that I thought they did. And also Titus Leo from Wagner. He had, I want to say, six block kicks, number one. That's going to get you on the field. But also had like 24 and a half TFLs and, and you know, um, in, com- in combination with what he did sacking a quarterback. He still has upside. Like, and so when you combine his ability as a pass rusher, combined with six block kicks, that's something that's not only going to get you drafted, but it's going to get you on the field right away. You have crazy get off if you can block six kicks. That is really hard to do. Round five, they also took Will Mallory, the tight end from Miami I know some people liked, and Evan Hull, a running back from Northwestern, Emory. And I like both of those guys. Hull reminds me a lot of Donald Brown. You know, just a good, solid overall back, good vision, good footwork. Everything is locked, step in unison with what he does. Running football, I thought that was a great pick in round five. Mallory can get down the field, big target, versatile tight end that can block a little bit, you know, on the move, but also is a very good receiver. So they were stockpiling weapons. And in round seven, Jake Witt, Northern Michigan. You know how I knew about Jake Witt before everybody else? Because I was the MC of the GLIAC Media Day in August in Detroit on the campus of Wayne State. So I'm talking to Northern Michigan. I'm talking to all these guys from the GLIAC. Um, and I knew about him because I was talking to the coach and he was telling me, hey, man, we got a guy in Witt that's you know former basketball player, played at Northern Michigan basketball, is now transferred to uh, – he played at um, Michigan Tech, which is in the Upper Peninsula transferred to uh, to Northern Michigan and played ball there, played tackle, did a good job against Caleb Murphy, who ends up uh, going to, uh, I want to say, Washington. I can't remember where he ended up as a, um, oh, Tennessee, the Titans. He he had 23 and a half uh, sacks last year at at Ferris State, but he didn't have one against Jake Witt. And Jake Witt is a great athlete, and he did a good job in getting him there. Before we get to the undrafted guys, Emery, I want to make sure everyone gets the number one draft pick for Father's Day coming up this Sunday. It's myfrontpagestory.com, and it is not too late to get your dad the best Father's Day gift ever. Myfrontpagestory.com. You talk to one of their writers for 10 minutes, or you fill out a form, send a couple pictures in. Looks like it's on the cover of the newspaper. I'm just telling you, your dad will love it. He will cry. It will be amazing. Myfrontpagestory.com. All right, Emery, tell me about their undrafted guys for the Colts. Xavier Scott out of Maine can play tailback, fullback, H-back, wide receiver. Why? Because he did it all at at Maine, too. So you have a, a wide array of opportunity for him to be somewhere on the field. And when you have that level of versatility that was able to thrive at those four spots, you're going to find your way on the field. So whether he's a receiver, H-back, he's my number three H-back in his class. I thought they did a great job in bringing him in. Um, you know, and they did a great job of just returning, you know, you know, turning over the roster. They had a bunch of guys from the College Gridiron Showcase or Tropical Bowl. Now they you know those guys went through the OTAs. Now they bring in some more sets of uh, undrafted free agents. But I do feel like Xavier Scott is someone that can stick for them. Let's get to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Anton Harris ended up being their first round pick. Boy, that felt like a need pick with losing Jawan Taylor in free agency, Cam Robinson being suspended. Day two, they took 
Brenton Strange, tight end from Penn State, really liked his game at Penn State the last couple of years. I think there's a lot more there, actually. And then Tank Bigsby, running back from Auburn. Strange is my number two H-back, and you, you know how much I love Strange's game when we talked about him on our tight end preview show. This is someone that I, he plays with a sense of urgency, sense of urgency, does a good job executing these kickout blocks, these wham blocks, can also do a good job of catching the ball and getting the field quickly. So I, I liked his tape. I thought that was a really good pick there. Tank Bigsby, I think, is the perfect complementary back to what they have in Travis Etienne. He can give them what they lost, in my opinion, in James Robinson, someone that can be that four-minute offense guy, someone that could be that short yardage goal line guy, but can also help prolong a career of Travis Etienne. Or I'm sorry, Etienne. My Louisiana you know, background is, always sees that as Etienne, but it's Etienne. Um, but he can prolong his game because of how much he can take off the plate of Etienne. Not necessarily saying he's going to take carries away, but you don't have to run him in certain situations. Bigby, Bigsby is someone that can handle that for you. Day three, they took Ventrell Miller, linebacker from Florida, Tyler Lacey, DN from Oklahoma State, Yasir Abdullah, linebacker, Louisville, Antonio Johnson, safety from AM. I think people thought might go higher. Parker Washington, a wide receiver from Penn State who got injured. Man, I, I, I would have loved for him to come back this year. I thought he could have had a really big year. Christian Braswell, corner from Rutgers. Eric Hallett, another DB from Pitt being drafted. And then Cooper Hodges, offensive tackle from App State from the Sun Best Conference. Raymond Bahasic, the D tackle from North Carolina. And Derek Parrish, edge guy from Houston. Great day three for Jacksonville. Tyler Lacey was my number two five tech. I thought his tape was criminally underrated. Not a lot of people were talking about Tyler Lacey and what he was able to do out there at Oklahoma State. They've quietly become, you know, a very good D-line factory. You know, whether it's guys on the edge or guys on the interior, I like what I'm seeing from these prospects coming out of Oklahoma State. Lacey's going to be a good one. Ventrell Miller felt like he was at Florida for forever. Very good productive player, can go sideline to sideline and also tends to make these impactful plays. Yasir Abdullah, very good pass rusher, good core strength, all those things that you look for coming off the edge, good rotational piece in my opinion. Big fan of Parker Washington tape. I think he's your quintessential slot receiver, a guy that can be a catch-and-run threat. He's a he's well-built, so he's going to break a lot of tackles, and he shows the effort, consistently is able to lay out for passes and show that effort to go above and beyond what the play requires, and that is always going to yield itself positively to me on tape. Braswell out of Rutgers, not a lot of talk about about Rutgers as a team, but in the secondary, they were really good. And Braswell was a good one coming from there, as well as Hallett. We talked about, you know, what he's able to do or Pitt was able to do in the secondary. This dude, if he could catch, I think he had like 20 PBUs or 14 PBUs. If he can catch, he'd have 14 interceptions. But him breaking up that many passes shows you how instinctful he is, how his football awareness is and you know how his ball awareness is because he's always around the football and it's always making those plays so for me I thought defensively when we're talking about day three they got some good football players that is going to help strengthen them depth wise on the back end and then um thoughts on some of their seventh round guys Cooper Hodges tackle from App State Raymond Vahasic D-tackle North Carolina and Derek Parrish, the edge guy, really short edge guy from Houston. Well, Parrish is someone that that also can play fullback. And right. I think he's going to be a fullback for them. He had a really good Shrine Bowl 
Um, you know, you saw him, you know, flip between fullback and also, you know, sandbacker. So he's really rushing the passer core special teams candidate. Day one guy there. He's going to make the team in my opinion. Uh, Hodges, obviously when you watch app state and you go watch their game against A&M, you're watching them dominating the run game. Why Hodges is doing a fantastic job out there, shutting the front door and allowing them to get the front side run game going. So I like what he brings to the table at offensive tackle. Undrafted guys, Emery. Jeray Jenkins out of LSU. I was at the NFL PA game. And when you watch him just catch the football, he has legit lacrosse mitts for hands. So he's able, I thought he was bigger than what he measured. He measured at 6'1", 207. If you would have told me he was 6'3", 235, I'm like, yeah, that, that checks out. He looks at the part. But he has a wingspan, the length of a guy that's taller and bigger, and he plays bigger. I think he play inside or outside, giving them another valuable big-time target for Trevor Lawrence. Let's move on to the Tennessee Titans, Emery. Uh, last but not least here in the AFC South. We know they took Skaronsky round one. Day two, they took Will Levis, the quarterback from Kentucky, uh, with the second pick in the second round. And then Ty J. Spears, the running back from Tulane. Will Levis is, is an interesting you know selection uh, because now what if he's not better than um, Malik Willis? And what if Willis shows out? this year in preseason so now you really double down on quarterbacks in consecutive years but it could be a benefit if you plan on if willis proves to be great or very good as a starter and now you have you know uh will levis it makes your job easier to move on from ryan Tannehill. so i can understand that the logic there of getting youthful depth at quarterback with second round was a little bit too rich but i can is it'll be fun to watch the competition between levis and willis because if both perform well that could spell the end for ryan Tannehill. spears was one of my favorite backs man and it was fascinating to learn about the acl that he doesn't have um in his knee and it's like well man for someone that doesn't have that he's so explosive so agile so dynamic he is he's going. Yeah, maybe i need to get rid of my acl right what am i doing like, <laughs> you know what like this was just and what makes it even more impressive the re-acceleration a lot of guys can hit that first gear and they, you know, that's, that's it. But he can find that second and sometimes third gear. He can dig deep and find another gear to outrun defenders and combine with his vision. He's going to be phenomenal, man. He's going to have a fantastic year as a rookie, as a backup to, to Derrick Henry. So I thought that was a really good pick by Tennessee surprise. He went in round three, but we understand why he fell because of the injury. All right. Then their last three picks, Josh Wiley, the tight end from Cincinnati, Jalen Duncan, the tackle from Maryland and Colton Dow a wide receiver from Tennessee Martin. Dowell was someone that no one was talking about. I put him in my report, the hunt report on CBSSports.com in the middle of the season. I told folks about him uh, during the all-star game circuit. He was at the college ground showcase. I told people go check out that Tennessee game. He gave those defensive backs, the blues out there at, at in Knoxville and lo and behold, he gets drafted. No one knew who he was. But that's why you tune in here, and that's why you just follow F-Ball Game Plan on Twitter because you would know, you'd have known Colton Dowell's name. That's a really good player. And also, going back to Jalen Duncan, I'm surprised no one was talking about him either. I, I like the state. I thought Maryland had a really good offensive line, and I thought he did a good job of in, in pass pro. So now you get someone that can help replenish the depth along that offensive line. I think that's someone that you can count on. I think he's going to be a surprise rookie here in the year one. Wiley, the tight end from Cincinnati? Good option there. I felt like he's been at Cincinnati for a while. Um, that's another position where 
there's an opportunity there outside of Chiga Conquo, you know, you know, yeah, they, they have Trayvon Wesco, but he's kind of like more of an H back fullback type, a blocker while it gives them someone that can not only block, but also get down the field and that's short to intermediate passing area. What about Emory? They're undrafted guys. Caleb Murphy. Uh, let me pull up these stats for us. Cause um, he was someone that I just talked about when we, you know, talking about Tyler Witt, but Caleb Murphy out of Ferris state last year, he had 24 and a half sacks, 40 sacks in his career, 60 TFLs and eight forced fumbles. He played at Grand Valley state in 2018, which is also in the GLIAC and then transferred to Ferris state won national championship with coach Tony Anise. But when you talk about someone that, that has great acceleration, closing speed to the football, that's Caleb Murphy. You go out to the East West Shrine Bowl. You're watching him execute flawlessly in space, dropping, getting his own drops fluidly, getting in coverage fluidly against tight ends. So surprised he went undrafted with that level of production and what he was able to do. So this is someone to me that's going to find a way to make a way uh, out there on the field. And Shaquille Brown, I, I think, uh, you know, coming from Troy, someone that does a great job in winning one-on-one on the interior Gives him some more depth on the inside. I think he's going to surprise as well as a rookie. So those two guys, to me, um, really stood out as as some of their undrafted free agents. How do you not get drafted with 24 and a half sacks in one season? That's un- I mean, he must be like 5'5", five, five, a buck 40. That is crazy to me. Just like it's crazy that all you have to do is go to westshorehome.com slash Ross, get a free estimate, in terms of uh, a new shower or a new bath, and you're automatically entered, if you send me the email, ross at rosstucker.com, to go against me and Joe Dolan from the Fantasy Feast in a best ball draft. That's westshorehome.com slash ross. We'll do a DraftKings best ball draft. Would love to go against you. Just go ahead and get that free estimate. Other than that, the keg is kicked. We are all tapped out. Thanks for listening to the College Draft Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Fantasy Feast, Even Money, and the Business of Sports. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.